everybody. Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Got a good one for you this week. Uh, bowl season is off and running. We got some uh, some updates there. Uh, transfer portal and recruiting season is also in full swing. Uh, we definitely have some updates there. Uh, still waiting on some coaching news. I mean, I don't know that LSU necessarily has any to report. Uh, maybe some other teams do. Uh, but we've got all that and some other stuff to to mention, whatever comes up. We'll do some lanyap at the end. But before we do, uh, I want to check in with you guys. Good to have you both here. Tommy, uh, just just got back from a work event. Thanks for, for telling them you had to leave early to make this pod. I, I don't know how you got away with that, but we definitely appreciate the dedication. I'm sure they did, too, uh, until you had to go. But glad to have you with us. Daniel, uh, I believe you are... Back, back on the homeland, if I remember correctly. So uh, good to have you back, and uh, you made it safe on your travels. How you guys doing? Good, good to be with you. You're right. Um, I had to, you know, peace out to my to uh, this little work event after hours and say sorry. Look, I got a podcast to do, um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so did that. Good to be talking with you. Good to be, uh, you know, wrapping up the year pretty much with talking ticks. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Like you said, Scott, back in Louisiana, got in last night, which is why we had to delay the podcast uh, by one day. But good to be here over the next 11 days. And yeah, a lot, lot of activity for LSU and college football as a whole between the bowls and uh, signing day coming up and the transfer portal just going crazy. Instagram feed popping up every five minutes with the, the newest transfer flip. So um I'm sure college football podcasts across the board are, are really taking advantage of this week like we are and uh, excited to to let everybody know what's the, the latest with LSU sports. Indeed. So, I, I mean, I'd say we have a good amount to cover so we can get down to it. I'd say the latest thing as far as, you know, all that is concerned with LSU. Uh, so we, we now know what Jaden Daniels is going to do a uh, week after winning the Heisman. He is now opting out of the bowl game. Uh, you could kind of see it coming maybe or not. It was, he was playing it very close. Although, you know, there were some reports this week of who was kind of practicing together before the, you know, leading up to the bowl game, but Jaden was noticeably absent and, uh, it's, it's, it's true. I guess he's, he's, he's opting out of the bowl game. He's going to instead prepare to get ready for the NFL draft. It's going to be sorry to miss him. Can't say we really blame him though. But it definitely opens the door for Garrett Nussmeyer and, I don't know, maybe on a smaller level, maybe Ricky Collins to kind of showcase what they have in the ballgame. Hopefully we would, we would get to see both, uh, but I, I know that Brian Kelly had some remarks on it, uh, which I can get to. But, I don't know, any initial reactions? Are you? I don't know, I can't imagine either one of you are really surprised or extremely butthurt about this because we all knew this was a possibility, right? No, yeah, not surprised. Um, I mean, I think I think I did say on the last podcast I thought it was a better than not chance he played. I thought it was like a 55, you know, percent, but um, I mean, not surprised. He's especially after winning the Heisman, he's probably one of the top quarterbacks in the whole draft. And so good for him. Sad sad that he's not gonna play, but um I'm excited. I mean, I well, we've talked about it, we've previewed this for 
gosh for a while now and like nussmeyer and this is his this is going to be his time like he needs to prove he he can get it because um i think as we're going to talk about you know in a little bit we're, we're already active in the portal we're already uh nobody nobody's position is safe it seems like and so um he's going to need to win this job or, or at least make a good case as to you know competing for this job in the bowl game or he might be in some trouble right uh i'm pretty much with you there we were hoping that he would be playing in the bowl so obviously just a little bit disappointed but not entirely shocked and yeah daniels he's done what he needed to do won the heisman is now probably going to be a top 10 pick in the nfl uh did the best just about out of anybody in college football in terms of boosting his own draft stock and made himself a few million dollars along the way probably so uh not not a terrible decision i'm sure he's got a lot of people telling him to to take the money and run which you can't blame him too much uh it, it does shine a light on how the bowl system is an entirety has shifted a little bit from being kind of the big like celebration of this past year of college football, like teams really trying hard to put the the final feather in their cap at the end of the season. And now it's almost to where for the non-playoff bowls, it's a preview of the next season where you have so many people opting out or transferring that a lot of these second stringers like Garrett Nussmeyer and the backups are getting to play. So these fan bases are saying like, all right, well, let me tune in just to see what might be in store for our team next year. Where are our strong points? Where are our gaps that we might look to fill with the transfer portal? And so I think you'll, you'll see a lot of that in LSU and uh, all the other bowls as we go along here leading up to the, the New Year's Six. It really almost feels like a uh, – and, Daniel, I haven't even really thought of it until – thought of it this way until you just said that. But it almost feels like a high-end spring game. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, um, I mean, it could be kind of like last year with uh, Purdue. I mean, I was so unsighted. It seemed like a spring game. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it could be the case this year, although last year we had our starting quarterback playing this year. We won't. We'll have the backup. But he's definitely <clears throat> he's <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely not like we we won't know what to expect from him. And, you know, of course, he's different than Jaden, but as I kind of alluded to earlier, Brian Kelly obviously knows this, commented on it. Uh, and this is a quote from Bree Kay, and I, I don't know, it's almost putting it mildly. He said, he likes to move the football downfield. <laughs> I mean, that alone says it right there. So uh, I, I'd imagine he's going to have to learn that he actually will hand off of a good bit, you know, especially once they can kind of find a groove. Uh, but they, but he goes on to say, we're going to give this offense a little bit of a different look to surround it towards his style. Okay. And I thought that was probably the most uh, PC coach speak <laughs> way to put it. Uh, but it's true. I mean, to he basically be like, his own man, style. Look, he's not a, he's not a four, three guy like Jaden Daniels. So we're not going to be able to do what he did. <laughs> No, and he's also not just stand in the pocket and you know look for that great read run only if you have to like burrow. Like he's just the ball is snapped and he's like, Where am I throwing it? Yeah. There could be somebody on his back. He's like, All right, maybe I have one last read I can find. Nope, I'm down. Uh so we have that to look forward to. I don't know. I mean <clears throat> you see it on social media, like what what can people what can people really expect to see? And I, I mean, that's, that's just it. We we can expect to see him putting up 
big numbers, hopefully good numbers, you know, lots of touchdowns and yards, not as many interceptions. So I imagine there still could be one. Or maybe he takes, yeah. uh, you know, a couple more sacks than Jaden. But, I mean, we're going to see some some great plays because we still have Brian Thomas and we still have Malik Neighbors. And I don't really – we haven't really done a dive into Wisconsin's defense. I, I imagine we'll have time to do that before the first. But I expect to see just very aggressive quarterbacking by Garrett Nussmeyer. Right. Yeah, for, I think the one oh, thing you can count on is aggression. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for all the talk of people not really caring about the bowl game, somebody who cares a whole lot is Garrett Nussmeyer because this is his audition to show what he can do uh, in that LSU offense that's been so dynamic over this past year. And he will have those weapons in Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, as well as the fleet of running backs. I, I don't know if we've established which running backs will be available after a couple of transfers. Um, but yeah, he, he's trying to win that starting job for next year. And that's the one that he probably thought in his mind, he was the heir apparent to for after sitting for two years and now just getting his first start when in fact LSU has reached into the transfer portal to get another quarterback to maybe push in and compete for next year, which um, I assume will be the next topic here, but uh, it's, no, it's no guarantee. And so he's going to have to put on a show. And for that reason alone, there'll be uh I guess reason for LSU fans to tune in and see what we got cooking for next year. We'll get Nussmeyer beat the guy like we've seen in flashes or will it just be a, a whole mess with incompletions and interceptions and Wisconsin's defense outplays us and, and smothers us. Hopefully that's not the case, but um, it'll be exciting to watch at least. Indeed. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, everyone thinks she would be the heir apparent and we always wondered, well, you know, we, we know Jaden's going to leave, so will they go into the portal and find someone else who's ready to not just transfer to LSU and compete for playing time, but kind of like they did with Jaden and Joe Burrow, like, are they going to find someone that's going to transfer and start right away and kind of usurp uh, Garrett Nussmeyer? We don't know, uh, but they did land... Uh, transfer from Vanderbilt, A.J. Swan, literally just a few hours ago. Uh, he put up some decent, I mean, he played at Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. Not not exactly the SEC's most credited football program, uh, at least not since James Franklin left. But, I mean, the guy had decent numbers. He only played in so many games this year. He was injured. Uh, he, he did start some games last year as well. Uh, but you know, we'll see. It'll be between him and us. I imagine their play styles are fairly similar. It's not like finding another Jaden Daniels or some of these other true dual threat quarterbacks. Guys, feel free to chime in if that's not correct, though. But I mean, I feel like he's more of a pure passer. We'll see if he can uh, overtake Gus uh, Gus Meyer. Uh, maybe that should be his name. Uh, but we'll see if he can overtake Gus Meyer summer um but uh you know i, I think it's just a, a thing with the portal but do you think that a that that would affect any other recruiting that we have going on or is it more likely b it's a product of some of the other recruiting that we have going on that you know maybe coaches have a good sense about like you know we had you know talks of getting bryce underwood you know yeah i mean i, I think that do you think I they're getting a read on people like that? And maybe that's why we're 
Yeah, I would I would imagine. I mean, yes, I would imagine that they have a, a read on, you know, this is this was probably their best option out of the portal right now. Um mm-hmm. and so obviously that that's why we're taking him. I mean, I, I don't I don't to me, just know just like knowing what I I mean, I haven't watched a ton of AJ Swan play. I feel like I like Nussmeyer better than him. Just yeah, you know, I feel like he's probably more talented. He's got more more tools in the. But so I'm interested. I'm interested to see what what his kind of what his role is and what he you know brings to the table, um at LSU. But uh, you know, I was I was I think I was as surprised about as as anybody when I when I saw the the little like graphic come up you know earlier today. Mm-hmm. He's got 11 starts, and uh, I mean you can't discount starts in the SEC against anybody. So. He's proven himself there, but I do agree with you, Tommy, and that I think this is more of a depth piece meant to challenge Garrett Nussmeyer. And he's kind of the guy is like, if Nussmeyer goes down with an injury or if he just turns out to be a, a bad egg, then all right, we've got a little backup in there just in case. Uh, but I think that the, the Nuss bus is, is probably the way to go. And you had mentioned uh, Bryce Underwood, who's the number one quarterback in the country, number one overall player in 2025 and, and strongly linked to LSU, Scott. Um I think they didn't want to go in and, and try and pull maybe one of those superstar quarterbacks with a lot of eligibility left. So like a guy, or for example, Dante Moore, who is a highly rated uh, quarterback prospect who just finished his freshman year at UCLA. And he just today, he transferred to Oregon. So like, that's a guy, like if LSU would try to go get him, then we're basically telling Bryce Underwood, like, eh, we like him better. Be, yeah, hit or miss at LSU, but with the way things are, have been kind of paved right now, there's a, a pretty clear path that you're saying, like, we're open to you coming in and being the guy maybe after one year or so, uh, which I think is a pretty good plan uh, yeah. for now because I think LSU is solid for the next year or two with Nussmeyer, and then uh, they'll, they'll figure out how things go. But, yeah, I mean, it's not bad to have competition in the quarterback room, So, uh, and the best two quarterbacks of the last – 75 years for LSU have been transferred. So if Swan does find something that clicks, then good on him. But uh, I think we're riding with Nussmeyer for right now. One other that we are the, uh, from the transfer portal. Did you see, I, I just saw it just happened today. Um, Tackett Curtis entered the portal. Did you see that? From USC? I did not. So he, yeah, Louisiana product who went to USC. I, so I'm wondering, I mean, we obviously have de- we we talked about linebacker. We talked about having uh, issues at linebacker and needing more talent there. Um, it's you know he was somebody who coming out of Manny High School, highly highly rated. Somebody that a lot that you know I think a lot of people wanted. A lot of people wanted him to stay home. He goes to USC. Uh, does do we make a play? Does he come back? That I think that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting one to watch. I would I would feel like he might be one of the top. Um, you know, prospects out of the portal that I could see us picking up. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just going back to what we were saying about, you know, moves behind the scenes and, you know, does one decision kind of uh, create another? Uh, I mean, I was, you know, living in Georgia, I was kind of watching some of this with Georgia because they're, you know, always talking, is is UJ going to land this Dylan, uh, Devin, Devin Raiola, uh, this five-star QB. And uh, Carson Beck has announced he's coming back. 
I mean, I didn't even realize he only had like another year of eligibility. I guess he's been there as long as Stetson Bennett was, but uh, he's coming back. So now this uh, Dylan Raiola kid flips to Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, once you got your your guy, then just let the chips fall where they may. Like if Raiola wants to go play at Nebraska, fine. Uh, you know, I think there is a lot of players out there that feel like, you know, I guess it's the recruiting. Uh, everything's thrown at them when they're uh, uh, in high school and they're touted as the best of this or you're the top eight, top five of this. And I don't know, it's it's crazy how they all expect to just play right away. But meanwhile, a senior QB is going to come back for one more year and, you know, that just changes your whole outlook. So uh, I don't don't think that's going to affect LSU too much. If Brian Kelly thinks uh, he can win with Nuss and or Ricky and or whoever else I trust, right? Not really worried about that. But in addition, um, I mean, we did pick up some other uh, players in much-needed areas this week, uh, starting with uh, Jardine Gilbert out of A&M uh, as a cornerback. We also got Xavier Thomas, who is a receiver out of Mississippi State. Both needed, both uh, good players. And like you said earlier, it's – you know, they have an SEC experience. Uh, and another trend that Brian Kelly has, he's bringing Louisiana guys back. Mm-hmm. So yep. comment on those individual acquisitions if you like to, but also just wanted to ask you guys, it's, it, it, I mean, it's a great trend. You see in Louisiana guys coming back able to play to LSU, but now we're at the point where, you know, maybe a couple of them, I don't know. Um, like, I think it's a great trend, but it's like, you know, are we still going to get to a point where they don't leave in the first place? Yeah. I think that's, does our mindset shift? We're still, well, we're, we're still clean. I mean, we're still cleaning up some of the, some of the issues from before Brian Kelly was here. You know, some of the guys transferring in weren't, weren't his recruits. Um, or he didn't have a chance to recruit them to LSU like attack at Curtis really. Um, so I mean, I, I say I still give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, on that. But I think you're I think you're totally right. If like a lot of these guys are transferred in, it's like, man, they should have been here in the first place. Um, yeah. But I mean, shoring up our our defensive axis should be priority one, two and three as far as defense goes. And especially with some of the transfer portal. I mean, you know, we talk about everybody coming in, but we've also we've got a guy we've got guys going out. And so, you know, like, for instance, I think top of the list would be Sage Ryan played a lot of meaningful cornerback for us um, t- towards the end of the season. Um, he's in the portal now. So, I mean, we really are going to need to de- develop and attract as much talent at the, at the defensive back position in, in a hurry um, to be competitive mm-hmm. on defense next year. Right. It's a little bit of a repeat of last year because we had pulled in four cornerbacks uh, in our last class. And that was going to be our top four between Denver Harris, J.K. Johnson from Ohio State, Zai Alexander from Southeastern, and uh, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. And by one way or another, all four of those had uh, fallen to attrition by like week six. Um, so uh, LSU is going to have to replenish those ranks via the portal plus uh, youth experience, which we don't have a whole ton of because like you said, Sage Ryan's going out. LaTerrence Welch uh, played some, but he's out as well. And so there's going to be a lot of new faces on this team, but Brian Kelly continues that trend of reaching out to guys who LSU either 
chose not to recruit heavily out of high school or just lost to other teams. And yeah, you wish you had them at the beginning, but if they didn't get enough playing time or, or maybe they're homesick or, or who knows what, I guess you, you welcome them back. Uh, especially if they have experience like Jardine Gilbert did at A&M and uh, Xavier Thomas did at Mississippi state. Uh, I think that the wide receiver pickup is a little bit underrated as well because Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas are both leaving, which leaves you with Kyron Lacey, either a big play or a drop waiting to happen as your wide receiver one. Uh, and he announced that he is coming back for next year, but yeah, definitely depth there is helpful as well. And we'll need to provide Nussmeyer with weapons going forward. So expect more news um, in this channel coming in the next couple of weeks. Free. Yeah. And just to uh, dovetail off of that, the, um, or to piggyback off of that, I should say, sorry, wrong animal reference. The, uh, it's, I mean, definitely got those guys in needed areas. Uh, we, like you said, Daniel, we, we haven't had the best luck with uh, keeping solid players at the cornerback position. So it's natural that we'd want to find someone. I mean, it sucks that this is like how many years in a row where we've had to like gone out and find cornerbacks. Like, I feel like we're renting them at this point. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's not all on BK. Although I think after this recruiting cycle, it should be because yeah. he's been there two years now. So I think the onus is on him. You can't blame over really anything else beyond this season. Well, no, you're right. <clears throat> you know, at least as far as recruiting goes. But I, I don't know if I'm surprised, but I know we did lose some other guys like, uh, um, what was it? We lost Quincy Wiggins. Thank you. Sorry, I couldn't read my writing. Um, yeah, we lost uh, Quincy Wiggins. He's going to actually go out to Colorado. Dion's getting some new luggage. Uh, then we, you know, Fitzgerald West is also transferring out. He played very minimally. Quincy, did he even I don't play think it up now? I don't think he ever played a meaningful snap for LSU. Yeah, um, so a, a few spots at the very beginning of the season, but definitely tailed out quickly. Yeah, well, but the, I guess that's the thing is. That's that's a position a big position of need for us because we're we're losing guys and uh, I don't know that's the one place where you know you, we thought last year maybe we had some depth but I'll be honest anymore. I was never I was never high on him I thought he was I thought he was very overrated as a recruit um, and I mean I don't know like he might he might go to Colorado and totally prove me wrong and be the best defensive player in the country but. I think that this kind of proves that he was just severely overhyped as a, as a high school senior, you know, when he was a senior, I think it was his first year playing football or second year. He was a basketball guy to begin with. And so, and I remember watching like watching highlights of him and, and watching game film of him when he played for Madison prep. And he just, I mean, he had no, it sounds, you know, it sounds like cliche or whatever, but he had no, he had no technique at all. Defensive, like defensive end wise, edge rusher wise, he just kind of was athletic. He was more athletic than all the guys he was playing against, and so he was able. But like that doesn't fly in the SEC because they're all they're all like that. The deep, you know, the tack, the offensive tackles are as athletic as you are, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I just don't know if we have uh, we now. I mean, to be fair, you've seen it. You've ha- you've seen success like this happen. You've you've seen people su- succeed even when they're not football guys to begin with like Marquise Mingo, I think is the easy example at the same position as an edge rusher. But I, I would argue the game is a little bit is different than when Mingo did it. And um, 
and you know he had more times you know he, he I don't think he really started playing well actually no that's not true he played as a sophomore his sophomore year was his was his first big year but um regardless uh it's just it's it takes a very special person to be able to play in the SEC after not really growing up playing football um so I'm not I'm not really that surprised that he didn't that he's that he's going to be entering the portal and that he's going to Colorado right uh, but I don't know. Hopefully, we can replace the replace his slash their absence. Uh, I mean, the portal is still ongoing, but um, this week starts the early signing period. Uh, I think we're actually going to have someone announced today, right? But he pushed it to the Under Armour All American Game. Uh, Harlem Berry. Uh, that's what I had saw. So yeah, I don't know, but Daniel, I mean, you you usually are recruiting uh, go-to guys. So I mean, just I don't know. Are, are what does your crystal ball tell you about anything like either Barry's decision to push or uh, you know anybody coming in that can kind of replace some of these positions we just talked about? Well, Harlan Barry is actually a part of the 2025 class, so he wouldn't even be in this year's 2024 group at all. So he's waiting until next year, but yeah, yeah, he just pushed his commitment back to the Under Armour All-American game in January, which LSU was really hoping he stays home in Louisiana as the number one running back in the country. And a lot of people are predicting that. So that's good. But um, as far as this year's 2024 class, the early signing day period does open on Wednesday uh, on the 20th of December. And pretty much that's when things are going to go down across the board Currently, LSU has 27 commits, so even more than the typical 25 in a class. Um, I don't know exactly how that's going to work in terms of scholarship numbers. I'm sure there's someone online who's who's crunched to that, but maybe that means that we shed a few of the lower-ranked guys towards the end. But I don't expect a whole lot of flips either to LSU or out of this class. Uh, it seems pretty locked in for the most part, which I think is good. Um, typically, uh, signing day surprises are bad for LSU. At least that's what's happened in the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, 27 guys. We don't have any super highly ranked guys. We have one, uh, Weston Davis, who's an offensive tackle, who's a five-star in some rankings, but not not overall. Um, so it, it would have been nice to have that one kind of crown jewel in this class. But overall, it's it's okay. I think class two four seven has them ranked. I think the twelfth in the country. Yeah, it's not the top five class that LSU fans salivate over every year. But uh, a lot of depth across the board, and hopefully there will be some good development projects um, along the way, and some emerging stars like a Justin Jefferson, uh, guys that you don't really expect to just blossom into um, a big time player for LSU. So. Uh, we'll see there, and yeah, you know, good luck to all these players. And if there is a surprise in LSU's favor, then I'll be happy about that. Um, one that has been tossed about is Dominic McKinley, who's a five-star D tackle from Lafayette, Louisiana, who's currently committed to AM. And some people think he might flip to us. That would be a huge get and would be that kind of number one guy that we need. Sure. But uh, other than that, we'll, we'll see how it goes and um, I guess reevaluate for you on the next pod. And uh, they were pushing for him, right? Like as recently as the last week or so, they were doing in-home visits with him. Yeah, Brian Kelly showed up to his house, and they were throwing up the L's. Uh, <laughs> Brian Kelly always did his thing where 
he does the L like backwards with his hand and people call him out for on every single post. It's like, well, he can't figure it out by now, but well, no, he um, doesn't know. He doesn't do it backwards. He does it correctly. Like he does it. He, he, this is where you think this is where like Brian Kelly is like too smart, I guess for his own good. But it's like, if you do the L with what, what, what hand, if you do the L with your left hand, most people do it with right hand palm out. Yeah. So it, it makes but it if you got your arm on the person. Player. But if you have your arm on, yeah, if you, but if your right arm is 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 engaged, then you, you would do it with your left hand. But your left hand would make not an L. So what he does is he flips it so it's still an L. <laughs> you know what? Let the haters joke on that if they want. He's obviously doing it. I mean, he's not doing dancing videos anymore, thank goodness. But I mean, if that's if that's the next thing I that people are going to give him flack about. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to, but uh, I mean, I get it. I, I look at all these videos and I think that's ah, a backwards L. It's like it's like we're taking one, <laughs> you know, I, I have no issues with Brian Kelly giving himself carpal tunnels in his, in his left hand just to make us look better. I, I'm OK with that. Yeah, right? that's that's what he's getting paid for. He gets paid the big bucks to, to do an L correctly. Exactly. So anything else with that, like with recruiting Anything else, Tommy? You got anything? Uh, the only thing that I, the only thing that I was just like looking through our 2024 class that'll you know be signing this week. Um, I feel like Colin Hurt, like Colin Hurley, is someone who we talked about a lot and talked you know and recruited heavily and we're really excited about. And you know he's, I feel like he's been real quiet. Like I haven't heard much about him, and I and I feel like he's kind of fallen off as far as uh being like a, a you know like Daniel said a crown jewel of this class. So. Um, you know, he's still, he's still committed. He's still going to sign. And so kind of exciting, I guess. Yeah. He didn't quite have the best stats in high school this year. I think he only had like a barely a 50% completion percentage, which I mean, high school quarterbacks, a lot of times can be developmental, but, uh, he's not the sharpshooter uh, quarterback that maybe else she was hoping for. I mean, you remember that when, like, when they were talking about, it, like they like, people were like, Oh, Colin Hurley, like he's committed. He's mm-hmm. be the best guy. Like, so he's not looking like Arch, is what you're saying? Yeah, so which Arch, is totally there, there, Yeah, there was talk about LSU trying to go get Arch now that Quinn Ewers is returning to Texas, but I, I don't think that's too likely. Well, there was then there was talk about is Arch going to go to Ohio State? Yeah, I mean he could since uh, their QB left. Um, where'd he go? He went to Syracuse. Yeah, yeah Cal McCord. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Interesting choice. Uh, I mean, I he gets to play in a dome, which is kind of cool, I guess. But yeah, interesting choice. Um, <clears throat> but anywho, uh, I don't know. This is one of the things I wanted to ask you guys because Lane Kiffin brought this up. You know, of course, he was asked about it. They've had some some good transfers uh, themselves uh, in the off since the off season began, and uh, namely, uh, most recently, it was uh, South Carolina's like top receiver he's transferring to Ole Miss but it was something that he said that struck me is cheating but what I also say is I mean is he really saying that he's not offering any players or nobody at Mississippi is receiving any NIL money because right now they have the number one transfer class in the country. So 
how does he get? I mean, I understand, you know, Kiffin's pretty good at offense. He can get guys to come in and they can produce in his system. They can look good. So I'm just wondering if it's just hypocrisy because I can't imagine that nobody at Ole Miss is making NIL money. So I, I know that he's, he can't say that he's not benefiting from it. But what do you think? Do you think NIL is kind of making this legalized cheating? I mean, obviously it's, it's the it's the new norm now, but if everyone's doing it, I don't see how it's cheating. It's, if it's legal, it's by definition not cheating, I would say. Right. <laughs> I mean, <it's laughs> like, uh, I just feel like, but it, but it's definitely I, I see what he, I see what he's saying. Like, it's definitely a, a a reason that people are that people transfer, or one of the main reasons I think. You put if you put together a decent year, you feel like you're under underrated. Um, you're definitely more likely to, to transfer to a school that's going to be able to pay you more or be, or not pay you more, but put you in touch with people that will pay you more, put you in touch with boosters yeah. who will pay you more. Let the biggest bag win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sp- speaking um, of which on, on the bags, there was some rumors online. We, we talked about Bryce Underwood earlier that LSU is preparing a $5 million offer in terms of NIL for Bryce Underwood, which uh, is actually less than some of the other ones rumored. Like, People were talking about Florida offering like $10 million to who was it, their quarterback last year, and then they didn't even get him. But uh, so that'd be a nice payday for an 18 year old guy to go to university and get that direct deposit for five mil. For a guy, for a guy who like may never even take a snap for LSU. Mm-hmm. Half the time, half the time we recruit top quarterbacks and they never even do anything. Gordon McKernan better win some big time truck cases. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I guess if that's the case, then I, I can kind of see what what Kiffin's saying, although that's, that's not cheating. It's just, uh, it's bringing out into the open what's been going on for decades, you know, almost a century, maybe, uh, well, maybe not a century, but, um, yeah, it's what it's cause Underwood, I think he's down to LSU, Texas or Florida maybe. So even if we do offer less, I mean, I think LSU has a lot more upside as a program right now. Uh, but, I don't know. As far as that is concerned, obviously a lot remains to be seen. We'll probably lose some more. We might gain some more in the portal, but we will definitely keep an eye on that and the recruiting trackers uh, as that as that moves forward. Now, Chip Kelly also had something to say, uh, but his was more of a broad view of just the the game in general and how you know how we're doing things because. I can kind of tell he's not a fan of all this conference realignment, uh, not just for tradition's sake, but also how it affects other programs, you know, within a school, uh, within the same athletic department, you know, and he was asked about it and he says, I, you know, I'd say it doesn't make any sense, you know, cause we're, they're going to be playing football against the big 10, but now all these smaller teams programs within a, a department where like softball or women's lacrosse something like that now they're all having to travel cross country to to play each other so he says that's ridiculous he kind of posed an idea where it would look like the nfl where you get rid of the committee you have a college football commissioner and you have all these divisions and they just they all rotate they play each other the playoffs can work the same uh you know you can mix it up, kind of like how the, the pros do. Each year, you know, divisions play different divisions in the other conference. Like the NFC East can be playing the AFC West 
one year. And the next year they all rotate and they play a different division. So what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't know, maybe that's the, the answer that no one has really posited yet where, you know, we obviously want to expand the playoff, but how much and how soon I think a 60-14 tournament is ridiculous, but maybe that kind of bridges that gap. But what do you think about his idea? I think that there is the trend towards making kind of the football-only mega conference at some point and then kind of letting all the other sports fin for themselves. Uh, the other, I guess, major ones is obviously men's basketball and then to a lesser extent, men's baseball, women's basketball, and then like everything else. Um, LSU, we care a lot about baseball, but on the whole, it's not nearly as big of a moneymaker as, as the basketball and especially football. But yeah, the, the, the football only conference is something that could work. Uh, it would need to be pretty carefully crafted and you're going to end up with a lot of people who aren't happy no matter what comes out of it. But yeah, like, like you mentioned, I don't, I don't see the 60-14 playoff anytime soon i think 12 is really plenty we don't need to see alabama play against northern illinois in the first round and beat them 56 to 0 um that's just not entertaining football so they'll they'll iron it out and we'll see some changes probably in 2040 or so uh i don't know if we'll be still podcasting then (laughs) yeah no i mean it won't even be a tackling sport at that point i don't think especially it'll it'll be flag at that point Right. Uh, yeah, pretty much. We didn't know what they're doing in the Pro Bowls now, like yeah. the NFL Pro Bowl game. I mean, come on. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah I'm not. A, I'm not a fan either. I, I don't like. Why can't we just enjoy the conferences? Like, why can't we just enjoy what we have? We we just need to tinker with college football as much as we can to make it less of what it less of what it is. We want to. We want to. Every time we change it, they make it less college football and and more of like. I don't even know what, you know, basically like NFL light. So um, I would say I'm opposed to all change in college football in general, unless, unless maybe now I might, I might be in favor of like going back to the BCS system. That's just and like a computer pick or, well, I mean, this time it could be different though. It could just be chat GPT. Yeah. Let chat GPT pick. <laughs> I would be okay with that. Yep, that'll that'll eliminate any discussion and people. Everyone's going to be happy with whatever it picks. Well, I'm and then sure. the thing is, is that like with ChatGPT, you know, the problem with the uh, the problem with the BCS is like they're like, oh, we just let this computer spit out a number and we can't, e- or we spit out a, a spit out two teams and we can't even like do anything about it. With ChatGPT, you could like ask the AI, they like explain why you picked Boise State and Rutgers, <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true, because the BCS couldn't really explain anything. Yeah, the BCS is just, I don't even know what the BCS, it was just some probably Excel sheet. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't interview, it's just, it's like the old internet dial tone, but they're, uh, but chat T, GPT could give reasons, Yeah, uh, and it would probably make sense. Um, but I don't know, I think that was about all the news I had on football, unless you guys had something else. Uh, LSU wise, I think that's it. Did y'all have any, or did y'all watch any bowls this past week, or do, is there any upcoming in this week that you're looking to tune into? There's really not any marquee matchups until like right. next week. So uh, it's uh, they got a, a full slate on Saturday, but it's a bunch of kind of mid teams. Right. I watched a few minutes of the Cajuns before they lost it in overtime. 
It's like they had a decent lead and then they lost. That was about it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to catch any any of the bowls this weekend, which I was pretty disappointed about, but um you know, I you're I, I'm glad it wasn't that they were, you know, not the not any marquee ones. Yeah. I saw that uh Western Kentucky came back from down twenty eight to zero to win in overtime today against Old Dominion. So uh Hilltoppers on top there. But yeah, not not too much of, of local interest either. But I guess if people are off for the holidays or something this Saturday, then maybe you can tune into that and sit into the couch. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm um, check out that JMU game. There you go. Oh, that's right. Because they were granted uh they were actually granted their bowl game. Yeah. So they get to play. Yeah, it's like put up or shut up time for them. Uh by the way, I don't think we mentioned earlier Kyron Lacey said he was staying for his you know staying for next year so uh there is that now um meanwhile lsu women's and men's basketball has been chugging right along uh the women you know despite that opening day loss to colorado they you know they've done just fine ever since even setting uh scoring marks uh last week uh they they won again this week um, doing fine. Even, I mean, they're packing out the PMAC. Mulkey's, I mean, she's Kim Mulkey. I think she got ejected from the game. She did. Yeah. I saw that. I mean, she's, she's fiery. I mean, it was, and, and this is against Northwestern state. This wasn't even like, you know, losing some big marquee matchup. It's Northwestern state. Granted, you know, I heard there was a bunch of bad calls in a row, but still she's, uh, the woman only has one speed. Like that's that's who she is. True. Love her or hate it. Uh, I mean, I kind of like it, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, they're doing fine. Men actually had a pretty good loss, as if if you can say that, uh, against Texas, who's number nineteen. Uh, they lost ninety six to eighty five. Now, it is a loss, but they look good. I mean, I think they had a a twenty point streak in the second half against the Longhorns to even to get it to that close. So imagine if Matt McMahon just had a few more minutes, maybe they could have just lost by one point or something, but I don't know. I I feel like that's some progress. Like they didn't get blown out by the Longhorns, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't had much reason to tune into the LSU basketball. I kind of meant to watch the Texas game and ended up missing it, but they've got two more tune-ups against Lamar and Northwestern State in calendar year 2023 before the SEC slate starts. Uh, so we're hoping to improve on the, the two SEC wins from last year. It's a low bar. Mavic Man still might limbo underneath it. Uh, <laughs> the only, the only, only bright spot is that uh, Jalen Cook, who was a transfer from Tulane, he was having transfer issues and then the NCAA granted some sort of like injunction allowing all these transfer guys to play immediately. So I don't know exactly how that works, but he played his first game against Texas and, and had a decent game. So as the starting point guard for LSU, so um, a little bit more firepower and sure no, we could, we could use it. So until then the women will continue uh, having the most attendance and the, the most wins. Yeah, and that's just fine. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know. I think that might have been about all that we had. I mean, uh, I would say something else worth mentioning. I mean, uh, 
We had two team, two first team All Americans and Jaden and Malik Neighbors. He was actually unanimous, which I think was LSU's seventh or eighth, like unanimous All American pick in uh, in program history. So, congrats to him slash them uh, on that award. What else you guys yep. got? I think that's it. The release schedule might be a little bit erratic coming around the pot, uh, the holidays, but hopefully we'll still be able to meet up when we can and deliver the latest. Yeah. Right. So tune in next week. We'll have some more news for you folks, uh, some more uh, bowl games uh, in the books. Uh, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, this week with uh, early national signing day. Hopefully there are no surprises, but if there are, hopefully they are good. Either way, we'll have it for you next week. So, oh no, my goodness, that'll be, uh, I guess we'll have to figure out, are we going to record? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's Christmas Eve next Sunday, so we might be pushing until Tuesday yeah. the 26th or something, but yeah. uh, I know our listeners are waiting with bated breath. Yeah, I mean, who's they're going to love having this, this Christmas present from us a day later. That gives them something else to open after Christmas, and who always doesn't like that? So uh, tune in. Uh, we'll we'll have, a, have it wrapped up nicely with a bow for you folks after Christmas, if that's the case. But until then, I hope everyone has a great week and a Merry Christmas. Uh, safe travels. Stay safe. Stay tuned. And we will talk to you next time on Talking Tales. Talking Tales.